What is vulnerability online? Serious question. What does it look like? What are the steps to achieve it? I mean, this was me about a year ago when I discovered that, oh, vulnerability is a thing I'm supposed to be doing online. Then has somebody written a guide, a freebie about it that I can download? Because I can't quite get it. So if you feel like your brain is not really wired for it, in this episode, I'm going to teach you a little bit of what our last podcast guest, Lauren Elislove, is doing really well in her business. And I'm going to give you a path to move forward so you can start to inject a little bit of that vulnerability into your, into your business, into your online presence. And I'm going to explain to you why you should even care. Hi, my name is Ina Kuveni. I am an online presence expert for online coaches. And every Monday, I bring you an interview with an amazing online coach who has made it happen for themselves in the online world. And then on Thursdays, I come to you with this, a companion episode, which is a teaching to show you the three things that this podcast guest in the last episode is doing very right in their business and you should start doing right now. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts after getting out of a 10,000-day loop in Groundhog Day a couple days ago, welcome back to the real world. Your first task is going to be to head over to the review section, leave a five-star review, and say something nice. It really helps support the show. And thanks. This is The Global Phenomenon with Ina Koveni, the podcast where the self-made teach you to stop waiting to be discovered and prepare to be found. But before we get to the teaching, let's answer some of your questions. If you would like to leave me a question, just go to theglobalphenomenonpodcast.com and I will answer your question on the air. Then the first question comes from Amber Benziger. She is from theanxietylab.com. That includes the theanxietylab.com. She created a membership service for those with anxiety to learn coping skills and tools. So Anybody with anxiety, go check out Amber's theanxietylab.com. So her question is, I'm launching enrollment for my first membership course. My plan is to get a group of founding members to test it out on them for three months and relaunch bigger and better with feedback. Is there anything you wish you knew before you launched or things that I should be mindful of as I start? This is a great question, Amber, because everybody who comes into the online world, their first thought is, I want to build an online course. I want to have a membership. I want the passive income, right? So anybody who's listening, is this you? I know this is you because this is all of us. So here's what I recommend that you do. Now, I assume that Amber has already done what I'm about to say. So for everybody listening, you want to create a course, what should you know about the first time that you're running it? Number one, you got to have your methodology straight already. So that means that you should have already worked either in a group setting or one-on-one -on -one with your ideal client. You should have already proven that you can help them, that they found your uh, guidance valuable, and to know which pieces of your program are the best, which are the ones that need work, which are the ones that you shouldn't have there at all. So once you establish that methodology because you've seen it work, you've already helped people doing it, is when you start to group people into group programs or like Amber is doing into a coaching membership, right? So she says she wants to start with founding members for three months and test it out. This is what I wish somebody had told me. This is what I wish everybody did. Don't create all of the course materials 
before the program begins. I know this is a little counterintuitive because you might be thinking, if I am selling something, that something should exist, right? Not in the online world because it would be a complete disservice to your clients if you're giving them information that they probably didn't need at that exact point in time. The truth is that you're still testing this in a group setting, in a course setting. So what I would recommend is that instead of doing all of that work up front, which you most likely are going to have to redo next time you run it because you're going to have feedback and you're going to see how things work, that you don't record things in advance. I would suggest that on the first week of the program, you record your lessons live. Now, if you're a little bit apprehensive about doing things live, that's not your thing, you're, you get stage fright or you tend to ramble, I can relate, you can record things the week before or two weeks before, but record only a little bit. Record the first week or the second week videos to save yourself some work, but as you go along, create the materials just a little bit in advance because you may find that your clients don't actually need that, which used to be step three. Now you want that to be step four because there's something else that you feel like they should do in the middle or you want to give them more time to do a certain task, right? So don't record everything in advance. Buy it, like sell it. Pre-sell your program. Make sure that people are there to get the butts in the seats and then start to teach them. After your three months are up and everybody's raving about how wonderful this is, you can go back, make adjustments, and relaunch it with new videos. But even then, now that you have all of that material, there's nothing stopping you from welcoming more people in at any point in time on a rolling basis. They can just consume those live videos as you take your time to re-record and do everything in a more professional way, in a way that meets your standards and that you're really happy with. So I assume that Amber did the first part. So if I were to summarize, step one is to work with people one-on-one -on -one or in a group setting so that you know exactly what they need. Step two is to pre-sell the course. Make sure that this is what people need in this particular format and that they're willing to pay you for it. Now that you have the bots in the seats, create the content as you go along so that you can stay nimble. And after the program is done, continue to welcome people in by giving them those live seminars or those pre-recorded videos that you did while you take your time to perfect it for future launches. I really hope this is helpful and congratulations on the launch of your new membership, Amber. We're all looking at you. The next question comes from someone who decided to remain anonymous, but I really felt like I needed to answer this question on the air because it's such an important lesson for us all. Her question is, I created a group program and I have two people signed up. I was disappointed at first. I planned to get 10, but I plan to make the most of it. It feels a little bit weird for me because they came into the program under the assumption that it was a group coaching program. And in reality, it's just two. How should I approach this? This was such an impactful question that I, I answered it for her off the air completely in full because it's such a good lesson. So I wanted to share this with you. I'm not going to answer it from the standpoint of you are the coach and you just got two people in. How do you feel about it? Well, you know, it, you will feel bummed out. I completely understand. You were aiming for 10. You only got two. You know, it, it may feel like 
like, oh my goodness, did I, what did I do wrong, right? Why didn't I let more people in? What, what was happening? How do I improve this? Is it even worth continuing on even though I only have two people? Those are all the feelings and the thoughts that will go through your head. And the only thing I can say about that is get over it. I know that, that, is, that is so, so harsh. But yes, you will feel this way, not just about this, about many, many other things. So I want to give you the perspective of the client who just signed up for a program and it turns out that instead of being 10 people, it's only two, okay? I'm gonna tell you a story because I was in one of those programs, okay? I signed up for what I thought was going to be a group membership. I thought it was gonna be a group coaching program and to tell you the truth, I felt um, you know, I was signing up to work with a coach who had an incredible reputation. I knew that he was working with really high level people. I knew that one-on-one, -on -one, this coach's price tag was $25,000. I, I knew that. So when he had a webinar and he asked people, you know, to contact him if they're interested in a group experience and he was only charging $5,000, to me, that was a steal. To me, that was a no brainer. I had to do this. So I got on the phone with him. We went through the sales conversation. I signed up on the spot. I am so happy to be here. Great. It's a group program. That's fine. I need more of this man's brain. Turns out nobody else signed up. It was just me and the coach. How do you think I felt? Do you think I felt that, oh, maybe it's not worth continuing with it? Do you think I felt that, oh, then he must not be such a big deal because he couldn't even get more people than just me? Wrong. I didn't feel any of those things. I felt I had just won the lottery because I was just about to be in a one-on-one -on -one setting for like six weeks with somebody whose brain I needed more of in my business. I put my tool belt on and I said, I am going to make the most out of every single meeting that I have with this person. This is happening, right? Now, here's what I was sensing coming from the coach. I was sensing that his, that his you know, botched launch was getting to him. I was sensing that his energy wasn't all there. There were times when I would be asking a question and he would say, well, you know, I get paid a lot of money for that answer, right? Like it was that kind of like little sprinkles that made me feel like, wait a minute, how is he not so happy to be sitting here with me? How does he not feel like this is amazing that we are working together one-on-one, -on -one, right? And because of what we just said, Earlier in the beginning of this question, you can tell how he felt, right? You can tell he must have felt, well, is it even worth continuing, right? The point is that as a client, I don't want to feel that energy. I don't want you to make me feel like I'm not worth your time. I want to feel like you feel like this is the best that could have ever happened. I want you to reiterate to me, I can't believe you're getting this for one-on-one -on -one, and I'm going to give you everything because you decided to sign up and you rock and you're awesome. So when this happens to you, because it will, right? I've had programs where I wanted to have, well, I don't know, more people. I ended up with three people. I gave it my all, you guys. I gave them the house. 
I gave them everything and it ended up being an amazing experience and it turned out it was just exactly what I needed. I probably would have been very stressed out to have more, more than three and I just had three and it was the best possible scenario. So whatever happens, know that it's up to you to decide how you're going to react to it, how you're going to make the most of it, right? It's all on you. So ask the coach, if this happens to you, I want you to wash your face, right? I want you to just stand up straight and say, I am so awesome that I managed to sell these two seats to these awesome people who can't wait to get my coaching. And I'm going to give them everything. I'm going to make them feel like they won the lottery right? So that is the attitude that we all have to go into it because it will happen. You guys, it will happen. Not every product is going to go viral. We do it and we do it wholeheartedly and they will feel it and they will become our biggest fans and our best advocates. So to this anonymous listener, that's what you do. And I have no doubt that it's going to be an amazing program for your clients. That's it for the questions. If you have a question for me, go to theglobalphenomenonpodcast.com, submit it there, and I will answer your question on the air. Are you ready for the teaching? More after this little sound. All right, are you ready to learn what are the three things that Lauren Elise Love is doing very well in her business and you should start doing right now? Let's get to it. Number one, vulnerability. Now, that has become such a big buzzword, right? In the era of Brené Brown, right? And vulnerability is everywhere and you have to learn to be vulnerable. I'm going to tell you one thing. Vulnerability is, no joke, the hardest thing to do when you're online because you have full control over your online presence. So why wouldn't you, like at a human level, present yourself in the most perfect professional and put together way that you can. After all, when people are buying things from you, you want them to believe that you are a professional who who has figured it all out, right? Who doesn't have any issues. So that is our nature. That is how we are wired to present ourselves to the world. This is why when you scroll through your Facebook feed, you only see your friends and your family only showing you the good stuff, right? Look at me, um, you know, looking out into the sunset, right? Right by the lake. Look at me. um, I am in the Maldives having so much fun, right? Like these are the things that we put out there because we want people to know that we are okay, that we are cool, and why would we ever show our real selves out there? After all, people don't really have the context to really understand what we are going through, right? And they're going to judge us. So why would we ever do that? I just gave you a whole argument against vulnerability. When vulnerability is one of the things that make us connect to other human beings. And I'm going to tell you right now that unless you are selling water bottles, people are going to get to know you. Did I say that right? People are going to want to get to know you. People are going to want to know what your hangups are, what your fears are, what your opinion about the current climate is, what your opinion is about your industry and the current trends. They're going to want to know these things because they're following you, because you're an influencer, whether you like it or not. If you're building an audience online, you are an influencer, no matter how big or small your audience is. 
this is something that Lauren has figured out how to do very well. And in the interview, she tells us, you guys, a big misconception about me is that people think that this comes easy to me. I mean, she has shared some really rough things from her past. And she has had family members come and tell her, why would you do that? Why would you talk about that? Right? And she's like, because I can't not to. I have to show people that I'm a real person, that real things happen to, and that I have been able to strive, to, to thrive despite all of that. That is important to her and to her brand. So when we talk about vulnerability, it's time for you to start to own the fact that you're a leader and that people are not just coming to you for information because that's what Google is there for. People are coming to you for guidance. And they can't take your guidance unless you know that, unless they know that you understand them, that you know where they're coming from. So if you want a big lesson on vulnerability, you will start to follow Lauren immediately. You will go back to her old Instagram posts. You will go back to her old podcast messages, like old, pod, old podcast episodes. Go to her podcast, legit go to her podcast. And anything that says vulnerability alert or anything, you know, my path to, or why did I do this? Those are all vulnerable episodes where she's sharing with you the real reasons why she took action on something so that you know what's going on behind the scenes. And that has made her the kind of person that I can love, right? And you heard me say that to her right at the end of the interview, like, I love you so much. We have met in person once. I did go to Tony Robbins. She was hosting Tony Robbins event um, in Newark, New Jersey. And I got to go and I got to meet her face to face. But that was the only time. And this is somebody that I've really feel like I've gotten to, to know over the years. That is the effect of vulnerability. It is not the effect of her being an amazing businesswoman and teaching me how to be a businesswoman. It's the vulnerability factor. So you want a lesson on that? You're going to follow Lauren immediately. The second thing that she's doing really right is that she listens to her audience and creates digital products to serve them. And she has digital products that range all the way from like a two-hour training on sales to uh, a six-week-long uh, six-figure biz babe program, right? Like over $1,000 versus $30. She does, she's not creating these because she sat down one day and said, okay, I'm going to have a value ladder and I'm going to create this low hanging fruit here and then this higher fruit here. She has, I'm sure she has done some analysis work on her products and she has positioned them in the way that she wants to. But when she creates, she creates from inspiration and from need. She listens to her audience. She, they're telling her, I don't know how to act on a sales call. So she went and she recorded herself for two hours talking about selling and she packaged it and she put it out there on her website and you can get it. It's called crickets to clients. And it is one of the best investments I've ever made was the little money that I spent on that. Those two hours of her talking about sales, right? Go and check her out. Like you guys, this is an abundant world. I'm going to tell you to go where you need to get this information. She has amazing products out there. She has more than a dozen digital products out there because she works out of inspiration. So what can you get out of this? Are you meant to create a dozen digital products? No, my point is, listen to your audience, listen to what they need, and then carve out a little bit of time so you can give them that. And I welcome you to package that, put it on your website and say, okay, now that's available for sale. And anytime anybody asks me about this again, I'm going to guide them there. That's a solid business 
tactic. And she's doing it because she loves to talk about this stuff. She loves her audience and she wants to serve them. All right. So work out of inspiration. What are people asking you about? Create it, put a price on it and devolve. Continue moving all the time. Don't think too much about where this is going to be in your brand, how it is positioned. Give your audience what they're asking for. Number three, the third thing, third and final thing that Lauren Elizabeth is doing very right is that she is very prolific at creating events to share audiences. So we talked during our conversation about the 12, uh, 12 days of business that she created. This was an online summit. She got 12 people who were very were providing a lot of value in the online world. And she told them, hey, come to my Facebook group and talk about this, right? So they all advertised it, right? They, like she said, I picked people who were not so big that they wouldn't share it with their audience. They all were happy to share it with their audience. The fact that they were getting featured in this group and her group blew up. That was just one of the events that she has created to share audiences with people. In fact, it doesn't even have to be an event. It can just be sharing sharing people, sharing the people she knows with her audience. She's constantly messaging about all the people that she hangs out with and she features her friends and she features other entrepreneurs. So it's time for us, all of us in the online world to stop thinking so narrow, to stop thinking that, well, I don't want anybody else to know about anybody else because then they're going to cannibalize my offers, right? This is an abundant universe, guys. It's an abundant world. Everything that is out there in the world is up for grabs by anybody. And the more generous you are, the more people are going to trust, know, and like you. And that is one thing that Lauren does really, really well, is share the wealth with the world. She doesn't keep you confined to her own Lauren of Love universe. She expands your universe. And that's what she did for me two years ago when I started following her, almost three years ago when I started following her. That's what she did for me. She expanded my universe and I couldn't be more grateful. And now we're here talking about it. So be generous with your time, with your, with your introductions and with sharing other people, share the stage, create events to share audiences with everybody. So how did that feel? You feel like you got a little bit more to go on for your business? I really hope so. So remember to hit the subscribe button because next episode is the amazing Lisa Johnson. She is in the UK. She hit $2 million in her last launch. And I'm going to ask her about that. I'm going to ask her about her family and about her life in a personal way that she has never talked about before. So make sure to hit subscribe so that you don't miss that interview. And if you would like to leave me a question for the next companion episode, remember to go to theglobalphenomenonpodcast.com, enter your question there, and I will answer it on the air. All right, I'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to The Global Phenomenon with Ina Coveney. Join the conversation inside the Facebook group at theglobalphenomenon.com slash Facebook. Listen to new interviews every Monday and learn with the companion episode every Thursday. This podcast was created by Ina Coveney, music by Jared LaBelle, and this was the voice of Kip Clark. 